Welcome to the Denny Price Family YMCA podcast, where we tell the community story. Welcome to podcast number three, episode number one, The Story According to Us, a conversation about community and leadership with my co-host and friend, former NBA player, former University of Oklahoma basketball legend, BP, Brent Price. Brent, what's going on? Oh, not much, man. Good to be here with you, Greg. And of course, myself, the coach, Greg Schamberg. So we've got a lot to talk about today. We don't know exactly what we're going to talk about today, but we've got a lot to talk about. So tell us a little bit about how you and your family got to Enid. Okay, well, um, my father was a basketball coach, and that was his passion. That was his love. Um, of course, I have two older, older brothers, Mark and Matt, my mom and Price. And, you know, for us, we are a little bit like military when you're when you're a coach's family, you're kind of looking for the what's the next stop, you know. And we started out. We were all born in Oklahoma, different towns. Uh, my father started off at high school coach at Shawnee High School. Ended up assistant at the University of Oklahoma for about four seasons. Who do you work with in Oklahoma? He was now? with uh, John McLeod. I was going to say John. McLeod. Uh, and then John took a head coaching job at Phoenix Suns. Yeah. The NBA was pretty young in those days, and you didn't have 25 assistants like they have yeah. now. But uh, he wanted to, I think his dream was probably to get the OU head coaching job. That didn't work out. We moved to Phoenix. He was an assistant there for a couple of seasons before he got a head coaching job. How old were you in Phoenix? I was just like six years old. I thought you were yeah, little, yeah. Yeah, I was like five, six years old. Um, but still remember parts of hanging around the NBA guys, guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, being around the locker room. So at a very, very young age, I was, of course, around the game, around the locker room. Who were some of the guys in Phoenix that were on that team? Well, my uh, yeah, um, Alvin Adams, who played Alvin at, Adams. at uh, Oklahoma. So he was one of our favorites. This guy named Dick Van Arsdale. Yep, you would probably that. remember the Van Arsdale twins. Yep. They do the shit commercials, you yep. know, Dick and Tom. And Dick was a big hero of ours as a guard guy named Charlie Scott, you know, Charlie Scott. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, he had a very bad arm break. I remember in a game we watched there, but yeah, it was fun to be around, uh, those guys. And then my dad got a head coaching job at Sam Houston state, which is in Huntsville, Texas. We were there four years. My older brother, Mark was kind of getting to, he was in high school age and, my he loved basketball at that time texas was such a football yeah. school they had rules on high school basketball and what camps you could go to and yeah, this and they that didn't want anybody in the gym in, yeah in texas yeah they really did and they really discouraged they it, it was all football and now obviously still is to a degree yeah. but they've come a long way in the in the basketball department but uh finally uh he he, he wanted to go back home my dad was an oklahoma kid by heart um and so he looked uh, to go back to Oklahoma, actually got out of coaching, and we landed in Enid because he took a job. It was the height of the oil boom in the, in the late 70s, early 80s, and he took a job with Capital Well Servicing Company that brought us to Enid. As a kid, I was thinking, I was about uh, 10 years old now. As a kid, I was thinking this is probably just the next stop on the, on the journey. On the train. And uh, I had no idea that God had other plans and that Enid would really become my home for the rest of my life. And so that's what brought us to Enid. It wasn't basketball. Now, he got back into coaching at Phillips University, athletic director, which is a school that you know a little bit about. It became, bit, yeah. uh, became your school, different, different school, but same buildings. And, um, and that's what brought us to Enid. And I had, I had no idea that we would become to a place that we would eventually 
call home and love to call home actually. So it's, it's hard to believe you think that you moved to Enid around 10 ish. Yeah. That's been 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Awesome? yeah. I don't remember. Thanks for giving Sorry. my age out there. Anyway, Sorry, I'm much younger than you, <laughs> uh, but uh, that's just, it is, it is. And of, and of course there was a, there's a big time gap there where I went on my journey of college and MBA and with my wife, Marcy and, and came back with four kids and, but you know, I, I've loved, I loved growing up here and I've loved raising my family here and uh, it's been a great place. And I know that you and I, the second time when I came back in uh, late, or, or I guess it was early 2000s, that's about, we, we kind of showed up and eat at about the same time. Yeah, I started uh, almost exactly 20 years ago this year. Yeah. And so you and I kind of made acquaintances up, probably the church was our first yeah. bump into meeting and then of course you started coming out and playing pickup with our guys <laughs> in the hot gym yeah we'd and... probably rather uh, not talk about that that was probably well that was fun for our guys though, because <laughs> how often do you know 18 19 year old junior college guys get to play in pickup games against an nba player yeah and it was fun for me because i didn't have a coach telling me uh, or pulling me out of the game when i, I took tried a, to a bad shot come out. <laughs> but, but i remember a couple of shots that you had launched gosh you know our, our line then was probably 19.9 if i remember right and you're, of course you're shooting nba threes 23 24 25 feet yeah and our guys would look over at me after you made one like am i supposed to go out that far and guard him and i said yeah, well right. it's only 115 shooting degrees a, in here shooting a runner runner <laughs> yeah, three shooting out a runner there. Yeah. with the bad knees and everything that you had back in those days so that was a fun time but uh well tell me a little bit about how the Denny Price family YMCA got its name? Well, obviously, you know, being a, a basketball family, but also a family of faith, you know, and um, um, as believers, as Christians, uh, that, that was a big, big, big part of our family. And uh, I remember when we first moved to Enid, you know, we always looked for a place that had a gym. And we very early on came and, and found the YMCA. My dad even played in, a, I think, a men's league or two oh, yeah. when we first came and had some pretty funny stories on that, maybe for another day. But um, um, it, it was a, it was just a, a perfect fit for our family because of the Christian values, uh, the, the basketball, the, the, you know, the athletics. And so we were just like another family in town, a part of the Y. But for my dad, it became a place... Um, an escape for him. He would come up here. He loved to go to the steam room. Oh yeah. You got to steam. He, his relationships, talking to people. Um, he loved this place. And so, um, unfortunately when we lost my father in 2000, right at, in this place on the, on the top court, um, kind of a surprise, instant heart attack. Um, we began to look to do something in honor of him. And, and at the time we were approached by the, uh, it was actually, uh, um, Chad Dillingham, who was the chairing the, the, you know, the board mm -hmm. at the time came and said, you know, uh, they would like to do something to honor my dad would be interested in doing something. And so we thought it was a perfect fit because of his love for sports, his love for kids. He was a coach. He loved to coach the game. He loved people. He loved this place. And so we were very honored to be able to do something to honor our father and also to, to hopefully perpetuate the mission of the why, which is really to love people, uh, Christian values, family values. And so it was, it was a perfect fit. And so that's kind of how the Denny Price family YMCA came about in I mean, terms of the name. You know, that turned into a, a large endowment 
And now we have two endowments here at the Denny Price Family YMCA, which really helps continue that legacy of anybody that gives money to that. And yeah, it's uh, it's, it's a great story. Um, lots of fun stories about Phillips University. I remember my first year coaching as an assistant coach over in Tonkawa, Northern Oklahoma College. We come over and scrimmage your dad's team. Yeah. And I don't even know if I've even told you this story before, but we came over and scrimmaged. So. It was uh, it was in October, about the same time it is now, because we did the scrimmages. And of course, November one's when we start playing. And I remember back in those days, the showers we'd share a shower with yeah, with the other right. team. Yeah. And so we kind of monitored to make sure you know they got along after yeah. the scrimmage. There was there's when my brother Matt played. There was a few oh, instances where there imagine. was almost some fights breaking out yeah. in the shared shower. Yeah. I mean, we think about that now, and that seems so archaic, you yeah. know. But you're right. It was. Yeah, they, we built a wall shortly thereafter. <laughs> yeah, probably a good move. Yeah. yeah, but I remember eating in the old cafeteria uh-huh. at the dorm, yeah. um, and then your mom came and ate with us. Is that right? And I don't know if she even remembers that. Of course, probably I was, not. you know, I was 26 years old and had no clue what was going on. Probably yeah. still don't. But, probably never, uh, never dreamed you'd never be dreamed spending be as much here. time there yeah. as you did. But those well, are those are funny stories. Well, let me too, ask though. you a question because you know you you obviously had a passion for basketball and coaching and working with kids and influencing kids. And you did that for, for years. I mean, you were here at, where you were at, at NOC for almost 20 years, yeah. I would think. And 17. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 17. Um, and, and yet you, you've made this change in your life. What, what led you to, to maybe want to come over, you know, as to be the, the CEO, you know, head administrator here at the Y, what, what, what led you to want to make that change? Well, I think about year 15 of my coaching as a head coach here, I got a feeling at some point that I was kind of maybe close to doing something different or I don't, I don't know if it was taking another coaching job or finding something else to do, a career move. I really didn't know, but I kind of got this feeling that it was time to do something else. And I told Kathy several times, you know, it's not that I don't enjoy coaching, but I'm not sure this is going to be the end thing here. And, uh, you know, when, when the, the previous CEO, Ken Rapp, announced his retirement, I had several people uh, come to me that were board members and say, hey, do you have any interest in, in being the CEO at the Y? And I kind of like, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the CEO at the Y even does because I would come here and work out. And, 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 of course, our kids grew up swimming here and playing basketball, soccer. Right. Foster played indoor soccer here and loved it. And, and so we had some some talks about, you know, is this something you might want to do? And I was like, you know, that might be exactly what I'm supposed to do. And, and it just kind of worked out through the process. And, and here I am four years later, almost four years later, if that's hard wow, to believe already. That is hard to believe. Yeah. And so it was a great transition. Had a little bit of a stirring on who, what, and where, and where to go. I didn't know. Yeah. But uh, I think God was kind of preparing me for something different, but I didn't know what that different was. If he would have told me what it was, I probably would have screwed it up. So it's, <laughs> it's probably right. good that he keeps me not in the loop much, just yeah. to, just dangles a little carrot out there for me and then makes me chase it and we figure out where we're going to go from there. So that's yeah. kind of that story, how that played out. Well, obviously, I walked with you through that process you somewhat did, yeah. as being part of the, the team that was looking for the new CEO. And and I can just tell you, you know, we're very thankful to have you and, you've, you know, you're doing an incredible job. And I know you you picked it up fast. I mean, I know, I know how much time you put in on the phone and going to seminars and, and, and going through the, the, uh, the training and I, all the I things you've done. And that's, that's good. There's it's no such thing as a bad question. No, that's I, what they say. I so. wore a lot of people out saying, Hey, what, what does this mean? How do we do this? And why do we do that? And you know, it's funny that you bring that up because I remember coming over to your house and saying, Hey, I'm going to apply for the job at 
at the YMCA. And you kind of looked at me like, what? Why would you do that? And then, and I think later you kind of thought about, well, you know, maybe that would be a yeah. bad idea. Well, it's um, turned out to be a great fit. So, so we're, we're thankful you're here. So it's, well, it's been I appreciate good. that. It's been fun. And, and uh, who would ever thought it? Gosh, it, basically 50 years old, I just completely changed careers. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a lot of faith. I yeah. mean, and that's the key. I think, step. I think you, you, you know, you mentioned that, but, uh, I, Oh, there's hang my, there's second. my broker calling. Or yeah, something. Hang on a second. <laughs> Sorry folks. My, somebody forgot to turn off their, uh, their cell phone. I, I don't what know. Me, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, it's, it's been, a, it's been a good ride. I can't believe it's been four years, yeah. but, a lot of great things have happened and, 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 you know, surviving through the original shutdowns and the, the pandemic, corona, you, you probably wouldn't have taken it if you would have known what was ahead, but uh, you've done an excellent job. So we appreciate it for sure. Well, it's, it's, again, it's been a great transition for my family. I know coaching, as you well know, cause you're a, a coaching family that man, it takes a toll on you. Yeah, and for sure. The bus rides and the uh, bologna sandwiches at 12 o'clock at night. Uh, you know, I, I don't miss those. I do miss the uh, competitive part of it, but I found ways to be competitive in other ways. So I've filled those yeah. gaps and, and we keep plugging along. So that's good. Well, let me, let me go back to you a little bit. We talked about me a little bit, but tell me a little bit about how different Enid is compared to when you were a kid compared to now. You know, quite honestly, it's not really that different. Obviously, uh, when, when I left Enid initially, there was not internet and, yeah. you know, and the social media and, and the things, but Enid, Enid is a special place. It, it's a unique place. Um, I've never been to a, a, a town city quite like Enid and what makes it unique is its people and their commitment to this community and the sacrifices that they make. I learned a lot as a kid growing up in Enid. I didn't have much my you know we were just a maybe a lower middle income family and i didn't really know or probably appreciate what people do here the the personal sacrifice the personal giving um serving that takes place to make enid special and so when i when i came back as a as a quote adult um with my family and started to get opportunities myself to to give back I began to really understand the unique individuals, the heritage that is in Enid. And it's really the people, the people that that come together to live and to go, to serve and to give. And uh, it really, in a lot of ways, it hasn't changed a lot. I would say some of the negatives that have changed, and it has nothing to do with Enid. It's just the world. It's the the retail is gone a lot. You know, we, we used to have the mall and we have, yeah. and, but because of online stuff, Amazon, and those but, things. but other things have picked up restaurants and this and that we've kind of, you know, moved forward. Um, I think there's a group that's been very recently been very good and intentional in moving us forward um, in terms of, of just the city sports complexes and, you know, trying to make it attractive for young professionals to want to come and be a part of this place. And I think there's some really neat things going on. But all in all, as a as a feel of the town, as a people, it it's really stayed true to its its nature and who it is. And I think that was what was attractive for me to bring my family back here and raise them. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, we're an Air Force based town. Yeah. So we're military, but it's a different kind of military being Air Force. It is. And we hear over and over through the years that our relationship with our military base is is as good as any in the country. 
we we have a we have a connection with our military base. They feel welcome in our community. We love them in our community. They are a big part of who we are, and so that yeah that adds a special uh, a special ingredient there that, and, and we hear that from the military. All many of them come back to to when they retire. Amazing. How many of them come back? Come back and and raise their families here because of the experience that they've had when they've been been here at Vance. Uh, so it's been good. Yeah, it's it's. I would have, I was shocked how many pilots do their training, go off to work and come back yeah. and work for, it could be United or Southwest or whatever, live here, drive to Oklahoma yeah. City, fly somewhere else to do their job and fly back in and drive yeah. back to Enid. It's, it's a lot of, it's well, amazing. that says a lot about Enid and yeah. the quality of life here and, 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 you know, what they're getting to experience and how they want to raise their families in an environment like this. Yeah. So I love it. You know, when I, I'll be honest, you know, being in the big city, MBA mindset for a decade. We lived in Houston. We were in DC area, you know, Vancouver. Vancouver. We were in Sacramento. Um, there was a little bit for the first couple of years. I was a little, probably had a little bit of a restless spirit, kind of like, I can't believe I'm back in Enid, you know, <laughs> yeah. but no I, I can honestly say, and I mean this with all my heart, um, I would not want to be anywhere else. And I chose to come back. I could have gone anywhere when I got done playing, could have stayed in the city. I finished or gone back to Houston. We, we had a great, uh, a lot of friends, a great, you know, time in our, in Houston. But when it came to deciding where I wanted to live and raise my family, I chose Enid and I have no regrets. I'm very thankful to have raised my kids here and, uh, and still live here and part of this great community. So, well, my kids, as you can tell by that picture there, is when I took the job, that was the press conference. Foster yeah. was, I think he was two and Addie was, she, she had to be six. Yeah. So my kids basically don't remember living anywhere else either, you know? So, well, I got to tell one time. funny story about you guys. Cause in you, I, you probably remember this, yeah. but I, I, my wife never lets me forget it. But as you know, I'm not the best with remembering names. <laughs> you, you probably know that about, I, I know, you know, I didn't know that. <laughs> And so I rely What's on my I rely on my wife a lot when it, when I first meet and and I'm I'm not real good uh, initially of hearing the name initially I'm not really paying attention so I'm being honest but um, we when we first met y'all at church and everything we had y'all come over I don't yeah. remember that and and I was like what's his little boy's name what? And I asked Marcy you know <laughs> counting on her and she said it's forced. You, do you remember this? Oh yeah. And I, <laughs> so you came to the door and I said, Hey Greg, and I said, Hey Eddie, how, Hey Forrest. And you were, it's Foster. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. And I felt like an idiot, of course. And that's not the only, I'd like to say it's the only time I've ever done something oh, like that, but, but I, I will always remember Foster's name now because I called him Forrest. Well, but that's uh, not the only time he's been called Forrest. <laughs> okay. He's been called Run Forrest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been called Forrest several times. But yeah. You guys I mean, they were just, they were little, little crazy. And I remember what we ate. It wasn't chicken tetrazzini. It was chicken. It might've been chicken tetrazzini. That, what, that was one of Marcy's kind of go-to. Well, maybe it was chicken tetrazzini yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of her specials. That's yeah, good stuff. Good. Yeah. We came back for more <laughs> yeah. later on. So <laughs> that's right. I think we even had brownies and maybe even ice cream. Probably brownies or caramel brownies. You're or... getting re- caramel brownies. That's yes. exactly what it was. You're getting ready for the NBA. Back, yeah, yeah. Up on some back then, back then I could do that and it wouldn't affect me so much, but well, things have changed. A things bit have changed then, for so. sure. Well, we're going to talk about something really important is OU football. Okay. So I, I assume that you watched the, the game on, 
on Saturday I a was, little bit anyway. I was actually in Fayetteville. Oh, that's right. And, you're in you know, I don't know, but our you know our kids' generation they don't have cable and stuff. They they stream everything. Yeah, I know, and and weird, I man. I couldn't. I was in Fayetteville and I was having trouble getting some of the games. So I was following the scores and I looked at the highlights and and I've gotten the recaps. So. I, I, unfortunately, I didn't really get to watch yeah. it, but I get a good sense of what, what happened. Well, we're, we're both OU fans, and, uh, you know, the OU-Texas game, of course, is crazy every time they play. Oh, yeah. It's, all, it's Amazing. a new story. Every, if, if every year. If anything weird can happen, it's Yeah, you think it, it can't get any crazier, can't get any better, and it does almost every it, year. It, it's never – it's amazing. And when you go down to it, it's just as crazy. Yeah. Uh, thank goodness they're 11 o'clock games because the area is not very safe at night. So. <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> it's the right. the safest part of Dallas, but – but uh, we uh, we've been friends for gosh about twenty years now, yeah, and, and probably probably close friends for maybe eighteen. The first couple yeah. of years you were gone a lot, and and we would follow you watching you sit on the bench because you're yeah. always hurt. <laughs> that was the that was the end. You you watched me during the end. Yeah, so we, and so well, tell us about um, you know some guys that you played with that you felt like were guys that you kind of looked up to as far as being leaders yeah not necessarily you know moral values but just guys right. like that guy's a leader who, who were yeah. some of those guys well i'll tell you someone that i that i really looked up to that i actually didn't play with but in my era that i really looked up to for for all those reasons not not only the leader but being a winner but also the the moral integrity and the, the christian values was okay david robinson oh yeah uh the admiral i remember first meeting him and I use I used to use this story when I talk to kids, but now the kids I talk to have no idea who I'm talking about. But um, I was never in awe of a lot of guys um, on the court. You know, first time I played on the court with Michael Jordan and the Bulls, I was in awe. I'm not going to lie. Just being in the presence and the whole bit. But most most of the time, I think part of my success was I was willing to step out there and, and actually believe I belonged. <laughs> you know, and you got to do if that. You don't believe nobody. No, else is exactly. Going to. You got to, especially when you're a six foot white kid from yeah. in Oklahoma. So, so we would have a chapel program. Uh, most teams had them, but they we kind of laughed. It was kind of like an underground program. Most coaches didn't. They didn't mind as long as they didn't see you doing it, and you know you got you were you were there for team meeting when didn't before mess the game. Up the yeah. X's and O's. I mean, we met in shower stalls <laughs> and everything. I mean, it was really funny, but. We had a, a chaplain, uh, Joel Freeman, in, in Washington D.C., and we played the San Antonio Spurs. And I walked in, and David Robinson was standing there. Of course, he's seven foot tall, yeah. chiseled. Um, and I, I was, I was in awe because of the man that I saw him to be, and that I still believe that he is. Um, served as, served in the Navy. I used to love to watch him stand for the national anthem. Yeah. He stood in attention, you know, as a as an ex military guy and. Um, just moral Christian values, great player winner. And I remember him coming up to me and saying, hello, Brent, how you doing? I'm David Robinson. I mean, I was a rookie in the NBA. Most people knew me as Mark Price's brother. Yeah. I didn't, they didn't know my first name. And I used to tell kids, you know, I was just like amazed. He didn't just, he didn't just say hi. He called me by my first name. And then I used to talk about translate that and say, you know, how much greater is it that we have a heavenly father? the God of all the universe that uh, created the whole world. And he knows me by name. He knows me by name. And so uh, that was kind of a cool moment for me and really uh, kind of led me to, to understand this, this, how cool it is that, that I have a creator 
a, a savior that, that knows me personally by name. And so that's kind of a story I've shared with, with yeah. kids throughout the years. And uh, still, I still look back at that. It was a really cool moment for me. That is, that's a, that's a great story. I, I've actually heard you tell that to some kids. And of course, again, they don't really understand the impact of David Robinson. I remember the last game of the year, David Robinson, and I'm not sure who he was going against for the scoring title for the, for yeah. the year. And David only put up, I think it was 82 points in one game or something <laughs> yeah. crazy. You know, yeah. so people don't people don't remember how great a player he was. Not yeah. a great person. Right. But yeah. he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he's yeah. ridiculously talented. And and everybody has a lot of respect for him, which is part of the neat thing. Um, you know, you brought up Michael Jordan. He was a relatively good player, but leadership was totally different. Than <laughs> totally Robinson. different. And I still, of course, you know, anybody in my era would still say Michael Jordan's best player to ever play the game. When you take into all all aspects, you know, from the mentality, you know, the, the shots, the leading the, or carrying his team, I'd say maybe the more than leading. Um, but, you know, character wise, probably not not so much. Um, but there was a presence about Michael Jordan. It was a little bit like when he was in the room, you felt the presence. There was that kind of yeah. stardom. He was the and, alpha dog. Uh, no he was the alpha dog in in the whole league, and he and he wanted everybody to know oh, it, yeah. you know. And then he would back it up most nights. So, he, he so uh, you know, getting to play, that was obviously my my biggest and 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 most talked about deal was getting to play against being on the court with Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, especially the, the, the year they won 73 games and having my best game, my best yeah. scoring game of my career uh, will always go down for me as uh, obviously a highlight, even though we lost the game. <laughs> so was it, was it 23 points? Is that, how many did you score? 30. 30. Okay. 30. 30. The, the scary part about Jordan was is that's what he averaged. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he averaged like 32 points. A he game was just, year. he just had it all. I mean, he, he was cool. He started the whole style thing. Um, he was an shoe. athlete. He's oh well, well, he's the one guy that that the kids still know because of his clothing line, Y'all you know. know that. And, uh, but he was, I think, he changed the game of basketball. He he took it to another level. We all benefited from it, and then of course it's just gone on and on. Um, but he he's the one that really kind of elevated basketball to a whole new level. Yeah, I agree. Areas, yeah, so. I think I, I, there's no question in my mind who the best basketball player of all time yeah. was, and it's it's Michael Jordan. I don't yeah. think it's even close. Now, you know, we can debate that with with other people, but yeah. I, I remember I went to the Final Four in New Orleans a long time ago, and Michael, or not sorry, um, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson had both retired. Yeah, but they were both there for the Nike Clinic because yes. they were still doing Nike stuff. Yeah. And I remember walking by them and realizing, oh, my gosh, these guys are bigger than They're I huge. thought they were. They're huge. And it's funny because, you know, when I was in the middle of it, I, I tell this story, when I would guard a 6'4 guy, I thought I was looking at him eye to eye because mm -hmm. I'm not seeing myself. Yeah. But you're thinking, well, I'm this guy's height. And then I'd walk by a mirror in the hotel when we're checking into a hotel <laughs> and I'd go, oh, my gosh, I'm so small, you know. And you forget, and then I, as now I look back, and, and now when I am around or have a chance to be around, it's just like I don't know how 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 I did it or how we did it because these guys are monsters. I mean, they are they're they are modern day giants, and even LeBron, you watch LeBron play, he moves like a guard. I oh, mean, yeah, he is. But if you go by him, I had a chance to our quartet years ago. I was singing of the quartet, uh, quartet, and we got to do the national anthem at the Miami Oklahoma City yeah. game. I remember that. So I'm walking by and I kind of give him, he doesn't know who I am. Yeah. You know, I give him a little pat 
Um, he looks he looked every bit as tall as Kevin Durant. I mean, and he's but you watch him on TV and you think, man, he's like a small forward the yeah. way he moves. The guy's like almost seven foot tall with all that bulk and muscle. Well, he weighs two hundred and sixty five yeah. pounds or something. And he's like moving that. like that. So it's quite yeah, it's quite amazing. People if people have never really gotten close to see the incredible size and athleticism we're talking about, it's amazing. Well, even me coaching at the junior college level, which is, you know, a smaller version of athlete, but we would go into restaurants and everybody would be in all of our six, seven, six, eight guys. Yeah. And those are just kids. Yeah. These are grown men. LeBron's a grown yeah. man at 18 years old. And it's you think amazing. of Larry Bird was six, nine, yeah. six, ten. <laughs> yeah. Magic was too. Yeah. Magic was yeah. The first six, nine point, point guard. guard, you know, amazing. We had a we had a Y uh, conference about two years ago, right before COVID in Chicago, and Magic Johnson came and spoke because he started playing basketball in the Y where he was okay. from. Okay, I didn't know back that. in Michigan. Yeah, cool. So he came and spoke to us for about thirty minutes. Of course, he's a huge personality. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And a great speaker and told great stories and and told the battle between him and Bird, how much they hated yeah. each other but loved each other. Yeah. It's a love hate relationship. Of course, they're friends now, but. It's just amazing those guys and the aura about them when they walk into the room. Of course, Matt just got his big smile and yeah, and, and done all the great things that he had done and uh, as a player and now he's a businessman and has done yeah. very well for himself. Well, Larry Bird was our was our favorite player. Oh yeah, so I mean we loved Larry Bird. We had the Bird posters <laughs> and the whole thing. And I remember the first time I got to meet him. I mean, like, he was another one. I was kind of in awe. Yeah, didn't really get a chance to talk to him a lot. It was a little bit like high. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but. He was one of the greats. He's the one that, that we used to love getting to watch that battle. We were because we were bird fans. We were not Magic fans. Oh no, up. I did not like. But the I, I'll be the first to tell you that guy is one of the most talented guys oh, to ever play the game. I mean, yeah, you six, watch nine, the highlights. It's a lot six nine guard point guard that had to play center in a in a series and, yeah, and had an incredible well, game. Because Kareem had a migraine. Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. So I mean, that was. I feel like. Those two guys, you could throw Julius Serving in there in some of those groups a little before them. But I think Bird and Magic elevated. That's when they started doing more commercials, Converse commercials, McDonald's commercials. Yeah. And then and then Jordan came along and took it to a whole nother level, yeah, the yeah, NBA. All right. Well, Brent, it looks like our 30 minutes is about up. But uh, good conversation, and we're looking forward to doing a lot more of these. We're going to get people in our community, and, and we're going to outreach uh, some leadership stuff and community story. So um, wrap it up for us, Brent. Well, I just, again, I just, I think this is a great idea. Uh, we've got some incredible people in our community that have contributed so much on a daily basis. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to, to just hear people's stories. And, and uh, I think we can learn so much from each other when we hear each other's stories. I agree. We'll wrap it up. Thanks.